the Standing Orders podcast. Welcome to this latest edition of the Standing Orders podcast with me, Dr. Thomas Foreman, and my co-host, the Emeritus Mayor, Sue Lorne. Good evening, Thomas. How are you? I'm very well, and how are you? I was going to say fine and dandy, but I really need to find something else to, to say instead of coming out with that every week. I think it's getting a bit boring now, isn't it? I'm absolutely fine. Thank you very much. I've had a lovely day. How are you? Good. Yeah, I'm I'm great. And actually, you know, we've already achieved two things, which is not speaking over each other. What? <laughs> I was waiting just, just to wait because I knew you'd react to that. Um, and also, um, you not wanting to say fine and dandy, although I think you have to keep the fine and dandy tradition. Um, yeah. Because, you know, that, that then tells me that you finished talking. Um, so <laughs> <laughs> without that, I, I'm completely lost. <laughs> that gives you the chance then to to start um ranting on then so this week um we're going to start with a bit of a quickie um and then you after that say we'll, we'll, we'll go on to something slightly uh with, with slightly more meat um so i was thinking to start with we could look at a couple of comments that have been made actually not just kind of online, but also in my experience, and I, I know for a fact in your experience as well, which relates to planning powers and national parks. Um, and for those of you who, well, I was expecting you to react to that as well. Um, for those mm -hmm. of you who are kind of aware of, of how national parks work. So you have, for instance, with Norfolk and the Broads Authority, um, there are no parish councillors that are part of the Broads Authority, but the district councils put forward uh, members to sit on the authority itself, and the balance is then made up, I'm sorry, it's the district and county councils, yeah, mm -hmm. um, and the balance is made up with a Secretary of State appointees, and similarly, um, elsewhere, you also have the nominees from district and county council, as well as, I think, there are parish council uh, nominees as well that go on there, as well as Secretary of State appointees. And obviously, you know, national parks have uh, planning powers. And so with the Broads Authority, which technically is, is not a national park, but it is part of the national park family, it just has the extra requirement to protect and ensure navigation continues on the Broads, which is why it's not a full national park uh, per se, but they all have similar planning powers. So they have the powers more generally given to a district council. And in Norfolk, um, in fact, the, the district councils used to undertake the planning function on behalf of the board's authority before it was returned probably about, what, 15, 20 years ago. And mm -hmm. in national parks elsewhere, they are the planning authority. They don't have the full suite of enforcement powers because they don't have democratic elections so they can't do things such as compulsory purchase um the compulsory purchase kind of tool in the uh, planning toolbox um still goes to the district council so the district council can undertake certain functions such as compulsory purchase within the areas of national park planning authorities but otherwise it's all down to them and i think we did a sorry i'm going to continue now got good tailwind behind me um yeah I think we did a, a bit of an analysis, which is actually as a town, we undertook more kind of consultations in terms of, of plans. And obviously members went to visit the sites to then give their comments at, at planning committee. We undertook more in a year as one town than the entire Broads Authority did. 
Um, and there was a lot of discussion then about, you know, whether there is sufficient applications to keep up the competency of officers. Mm -hmm. um, and obviously people have their own views on that, but also um, enforcement. And enforcement is something which I think from the comments that have been made both online and I've seen kind of, you know, elsewhere in recent years, particularly around, I think, when they were looking at creating new national parks, uh, the Cotswold was one that was was mentioned, and actually Cotswold District Council came out and said that they think losing their planning powers in this area would be significantly detrimental because the planning powers of the national parks are so different, and, and basically they, they aren't nearly normally as good because they have such limited resources. And so my question to you, Emotus Mayor, is what do you think? <laughs> <laughs> do, do I think that the Broads Authority should continue with their planning? Um, Let, let's not go just for the Broads Authority. Let's just talk okay, generally. Well, so there, there's been reports from councils elsewhere where they've said, you know, that they're trying to get enforcement done on a business, that no one seems to be listening that the kind of the planning authority just keeps saying we don't have capacity and it's a national park and they can only do kind of limited amounts and they have limited resources. And even the CEO is saying, you know, we, we just don't have the resources to undertake more enforcement than we already are. Um, and so do you think that, you know, they should continue with, with the planning function? Do you think that they have enough power to do that successfully and actually you know when you talk about enforcement in national parks you'd think that'd be a priority because you know if, if they're not doing something in line with planning it's detrimental to the area and so therefore you know in a national park you'd be even more kind of incensed wouldn't you yeah no so i think that it is important that they they continue to have the powers applications that come through that are anything along their uh, their waterways or um, you know that could be mountain. detrimental <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> but I would much prefer to see a joint venture I agree with you you know that they don't have the, the capacity to you know to go out there and the authority needs to be more just I can tell I'm going to be doing a bit of editing with this <laughs> you, you are, because I'm trying to I'm trying to to get my they, they need to have the power to take people to task for anything that is going to be detrimental to to the national park but when it comes to their dealing with planning applications I, I'm not sure that they they do have the capacity to deal with things in a proper manner I think that sometimes they don't take into consideration the things that would be taken in by um, the district planning authority. So I think that they're fine for certain things, but I think that they should be in a joint venture with the district planning authority. Are you are you standing for office again? Well, there's something because, I need to tell you. <laughs> because you that, was, that was the perfect political answer of, of really not telling me exactly what you thought. <laughs> I'm being diplomatic here. <laughs> So you, you know that I've had you know that I've had run-ins with um, a certain authority in relation to applications for the planning um, and the enforcement, um, and I I I don't think that they they do enough enforcing. Um, we've got a situation that has been going on for years and years and years, but I wouldn't say that I would take away 
their ability um, to have any discussions in relation to enforcement of planning applications, etc. But I think that they should be working joint a joint venture with the district, and that's not just here in 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 uh, Thorpe or in Norfolk. I think it should be all over. It, it should be um, a joint venture. I mean, I guess my question is, like, how would a joint venture work in terms of planning? Because ultimately, you have to have one decision maker with planning. And so would you prefer to have a system where, for instance, you have statutory consultees, which are the National Park Authority, and some greater weight given to the considerations that are made by the National Park, kind of to a district or, or county council, but actually in terms of the application process and the enforcement and the, the resources required for the applications? Because you have to think that, you know, if you get a few hundred applications a year and you have to pay for a planning department even if it's just you know a handful of officers you're still paying that on top of what would normally be the caseload for maybe a normal kind of district or county authority but because you have to have the infrastructure there to support the planning function you, you therefore are spending far more money and that's probably resource that could have been better spent on you know, tackling some of the issues within these national parks and, and undertaking the enforcement that's needed. I mean, wouldn't you prefer just to see them as a kind of uh, perhaps upgraded or a kind of a, a super statutory consultee? Well, yeah, I, I guess that's they, that's what they would have to be. You're looking at the, you know, the, the officers maybe being twin hatters as such that they they don't just cover the, the planning side of things, but that would be for uh, the Broads Authority to then, you know, they would have to be taken into consideration how they fund the planning uh, permissions and, and enforcements that they have to deal with. But I guess, yeah, when it comes down to it, maybe because the the district authority would have more staff there to do the enforcements and the applications and, and taking things through, uh, you know, the right channels. Maybe then, yeah, maybe you're right. Maybe it should be the district with them being statutory consultees. Maybe that would be the way the way to go forward. I mean... But, I think that they would, they've got, obviously, you know, with when it comes to something like the Broads Authority, the, their officers have got a lot more knowledge in relation to the waterways and how things are going to be, um, you know, affected by any applications that are given permission that run alongside the, the, the Broads um, here in, in Norfolk. But for national parks, you know, there's, they're so much different to the to the Broads Authority. Yeah, they so they are. They but have, I mean, you would um, still have like you'd still have ranger teams and things that would undertake the kind of the kind of work you would expect a, a national park authority to do. It's just whether that that one function is a successful bolt on to the powers of a national park um, or not. And and I guess actually just to make this slightly more interesting, and I don't know whether we've ever told this on the podcast before. Um, if we have, you know. People who started listening to us at the start have probably stopped at some point because, <laughs> you know, so it'll be something entirely new. All three of us just started to tune in. Uh, but, so, would you like to tell the story of why you had such an issue with uh, the authority um, and its planning function? But I'll probably get sued by the end of it. <laughs> no, you won't. It's okay because I'm covered. Um, All right, that's okay. By, then. by indemnity insurance. I mean, you're not. But, you know, <laughs> <laughs> so, so somebody will come knocking on my door. No, it was just a simple, um, a simple application. Um, this is going back a few years ago now, and unfortunately, the 
the issue that came up was just a few days before the, they were having a parish get together with uh, with the authority and um, they were having a forum, parish forum. And we have we had a building that um, was it was being uh, re it was supposed to be re being refurbished to start off with. But then something happened that the whole building got knocked down uh, without anybody really realising what was happening. It sort of happened overnight. Anyway, a planning application was put into the district authority and um, they were given the go ahead to, to start rebuilding and all uh, was going fine. But there were a few trees that were in the way for this developer to, um, to put in the application that he really wanted. So he then went to, instead of going to the district authority, who he knew would not, it was a conservation area, and he knew that he would not be given permission to take those trees down. And I'll probably get sued for that because if anybody no, no, I, 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 no, knew, actually, I, th I think you're, you're right. I think the, I think he'd actually contacted the, the district and they said no, because it's a conservation area. So uh -huh. he had actually been told. Uh -huh. So he then thought that he would then go to the Broads Authority and ask them for permission to take the trees down. But literally, the um, the application that he'd submitted, the drawings that he'd submitted with his request to take these trees down was an A4 piece of paper that had like stick man drawings of these trees that he wanted to take down um and he submitted that to the authority Broad's authority asking permission to remove the trees and an officer gave him permission to remove <laughs> those trees it wasn't in his jurisdiction whatsoever to give that permission and then the trees came down and in his defense in the developer's defense he had a piece of paper that said that the Broads Authority gave him permission to do the to, to remove those trees. Yeah, and, I think it actually um, went as far as the district were about to start enforcement action. He said, well, actually, I have this planning permission here from the Broads Authority, despite it being outside their executive area, saying I could take the trees down. So that yeah. stopped the enforcement action. I think, you know, just, sorry, I, I, I will let you get to the part where you nearly get thrown out of a meeting. <laughs> <laughs> no, 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 no. And it was just a case of, unfortunately for the, the officers at that parish uh, forum, I'd just been shown the uh, paperwork that um, he was given his permission on. So it was given on a, on a kid's drawing that was, was, was submitted with his application and the permission given by an officer who had no jurisdiction over that area whatsoever. So whenever the, it then came time to discuss the issues that any parish might have in relation to planning enforcement, um, then I um, I actually told them what I thought yeah, and I, asked I, for the planning officer to give me an explanation as to how this had happened. I, and to I, be honest, in her defence, I really don't think that she realised what had been happening. I think the officer had worked off his own uh, back and hadn't uh, discussed it with anybody just seeing it was on a certain road and um and thought that that came under his jurisdiction but don't quite know how that would no. have, uh, i mean how he got that to be fair I, I can say that you embodied civility and respect 
like I never, have, I did. <laughs> never have I seen such restraint um, from someone. Well, no, uh, because if, no, especially if, if anybody... with a with a very pointy pen. <laughs> explain yourself no i and i i did i think that i was perfectly polite um i did ask for an explanation it, you know it's it's, it's fine you know it's insane but... self-awareness a strong point do you think for you <laughs> <laughs> you had to see that you, you just had to see, see the say for but again that's 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 another subject about how people submit applications to planning uh yeah, to be fair, that absolutely yeah, Pants, for, for what they, they want to happen. But it, it I, no kidding, a child of four or five years old could have done that drawing. Yeah. And for an officer to give permission on that, um, removing trees in a conservation area um, was just, was just. To be fair, we did do, we did a really successful tree planting exercise um, with them following that. Um, yeah. But they sent some, Originally, it was supposed to be some quite senior officers to come and help us plant trees. I made sausage rolls, which went down an absolute storm. Um, and I think it was a day or two before I got a phone call to say it was only going to be junior officers um, like going there just in case we decided to set them up with uh, the local press and it to be like these senior officers were doing community payback because of... Uh, because they had, you know, felled trees outside their area. And so we were like punishing them. And I was like, well, no, that, this is supposed to be a good, positive community um, community thing. You can't make tree planting a negative. Even, even I can't make tree planting a negative. And I mean, I could yeah. normally twist and turn a few things, but apparently, you know, tree planting with children from the local nursery as well, you know, who's going to turn that into a bad news story? And so it was wildly successful. Me? It was well reported. Everything was good. I don't think you attended. Um, it was I, I think I did come up, no, actually. You did. Yes, you I, did. Did. You I didn't pick a thing, but I came up. But, you know, this is, and we're going, we're sort of going off again in a tangent way that we've, we've done, we always do. No. But, you know, but going back, you know, when you, it was fine. You know, they said that they would send officers to help us plant some trees to compensate for, for this officer giving the um, planning permission to remove the trees. But we never, as a, a district authority, we never did take him to task for that, for removing those no. trees. He knew what he was doing whenever I mean, you he went can't. to the when, when you've got someone with planning permission from another authority, what you suspect, like, is he did it deliberately because he, he got a no from one. So basically... Like, mummy said no, so he went to see daddy. You know, yeah, but daddy but you, had you, no authority. <laughs> this, this, this is the thing. So maybe this is something that I'd like to do actually. One week is oh is discuss planning enforcement. What? That's got to be the biggest bugbear that any district, any parish, any any county will have with the planning authorities. Why they do not take everyone to task for something that they do which they haven't been given permission I think, for. I think it's called living in a, a reasonably sensible liberal society where generally, if you own land, we like allowing you to do what you like as long as it doesn't impact on other people. No, it, but the thing is, no. it doesn't impact <laughs> no, on okay. other people. <laughs> no, no, we don't. <laughs> That's that. It does impact on other people. But if rules are there, and if you break the rules then you should be taken to task for it. And you see this so many times. That's partly one of the reasons why I became a counsellor, because whenever you see these things happening and you think, but then again, on the other hand, you've got 
whenever councils when you get authority (laughs) (laughs) this is why i became a (laughs) councillor but on the other hand you do have um uh planning authorities who who committees that say oh no we're, we're we're not granting permission for this that developer goes to appeal and somebody comes up from another part of the country that has no idea about the area that you live in and then he goes and gives them permission well, to so be fair, it's... like with the with the a certain woodland application, I think we had a planning inspector who was literally lived probably forty minutes away, and uh, they gave permission to take down ancient woodland, so I wouldn't worry too much about the geographical distances because even people in your own backyard will happily probably you know help oil the chainsaw to get the trees down if you uh, if you ask them nicely. Yeah, but then again, that's the other thing. That was that cost so much um, oh, controversy. Con, con, controversy. The that's the word in the um, in, in in the area, and and how many years has that application now been been in? Well, that's due to neutrality. To be um, fair, it was pretty much ready to go no, about two years ago. No, I don't think so. I think it was ready that, to go two uh, years ago. They had almost de- they've just put in for detailed planning. Um, and that was what, like, neutrality stopped. But they'd got the numbers right. They'd got the design right and everything else. It was, you know, they were almost there. Oh, right. Okay. Apologies. I'll take that back then. But again, but it still was a long time before it oh, no, actually got to that For sure, day. it was a decade. Yeah, Easily. at least 10, 12 years. And, um, and and again, okay, we're in our, our situation with the neutrality that we, um, we nothing's happening. And again, that's another subject that we could talk about all day. Um, but um, but yeah, it's, it's, somebody's got to be taking these developers to task if they're sitting on uh, planning permission. They're supposed to start all within five years. They then just literally put another application in four years before the time is up and sit on it for another five years. Again, that's people, you know, that gets people's backs up and gets people frustrated. No, you're absolutely right. I mean, Uh it kind of, well, it doesn't really move us on. Um, But what I was was going, well, it does in a way because we're talking kind of about funding and a bit of, you know, well, you gripe about planning. So I thought I'd just get you off that. We will do a podcast dedicated to, to, uh, your complaints um but, but, but it's just not going to oh, be this one oh, on this list complaints. <laughs> no, but no just... seriously if anybody i i'd love to know that i'm not the only person in the country who gets frustrated with um how planning applications are dealt with so moving on ever so swiftly um and we will as i say we will come back to it um at a later date uh so when we were talking about what we would do today, so today's the... Um, <laughs> I don't and, give dates. And, okay, it's not... Um, and we, we'd said that actually one of the things that we would look at, and it was on the basis of um, Taunton Town Council, um, which had controversy about the raising of precept. And I think for a bandee, they're looking at roughly, well, I say roughly, I've got the figure here, £192 increase um on the bandy rate and the justification for that really is looking at the services that were going to be cut by uh somerset council and somerset as some may or may not know is one of the councils that's effectively going bankrupt and so therefore they're cutting as many services as they can 
all the way down pretty much to, to statutory in, in some instances. And so there have been some things which were looking like they were going to go in Taunton. Taunton's quite a big kind of quite a big town anyway. And it only came into being Taunton Town Council, I think, last year, year before. So it, it's a new kind of it's a new town council. So it, it's very much on its uppers. Um, and so there were things such as CCTV, I think, you know, public toilets and, and general kind of maintenance that, that they were looking at increasing. And I, I will say, you know, that's not an exhaustive list. It's just I'm not going to go through kind of everything. That's but, the but, points that people were making. Yeah. So so they were looking at whether to increase it. And from, from what has said, it, it's services such as CCTV, public toilets and public open spaces as well. And so it was going to be the equivalent of around an increase of £3.65 per week. And the council basically has now agreed to do so. So it is increasing the band D rate by about £192 or thereabouts. Um, obviously, whenever you submit it, there's always a bit of a recalculation. So my question to you was going to be, um, should councils be taking on more services from the principal authorities? Because obviously principal authorities are bound by the very limited increases that they can do, whereas town and parish councils haven't had that extended to them as yet. Do you think that more services should be going down? And then, as I put that to you, the um, local government chronicle uh, did an article today, which was unitary hopes parishes can take a bit of the strain off services. And it's West Berkshire Council is looking at parish councils um, stepping up a bit, as they put it, and running more discretionary services such as dog waste collection as it tries to find savings. So... My question really is exactly that, and and I'm so glad that the old uh, GC did a uh, did an article because it makes it seem as if we know what we're doing when we come up with ideas for the podcast, which is great. So, what do you think? Do you think it's time that town and parish councils, as the LGC put it, stepped up a bit, or do you think that it's a bit of a mixed bag? No, no I don't think that it is a responsibility of towns and parishes to to take over things from the principal district council because they've not managed their accounts very well. It's totally unacceptable. And I tell you, if I was down there, I would be standing for election the next time that space came up. We in, in, in Thorpe, we have toilets, we have CCTV, but we haven't ever increased our um, precept because of those, um, you know, th those things that, that we've had to, to cover. Um, I've seen in addition to um, parishes stepping up that there are that they're thinking about the ways that they can uh, cut uh, cut the costs is because of the poo bins. Um, and um, and I've seen in, in one of the statements in, instead of, that instead of poo bins, can we say dog waste? You can say that if you want to. Can I say pooping? Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, pooping. And <laughs> we could say dog waste, but um, but that, so they were saying that they wanted to um to make it larger bins because the small bins were were, were the issue that uh, that it was costing too much to have them emptied as much as what they do. So I'm sort of thinking, does that mean that they're going to put the bigger bins? That means there's going to be a lot more content in those bins and if they're going because they're bigger bins will they be emptying them once every two weeks instead of yeah. every week i mean i don't, I don't so, want to get into 
No, but this is the, the, the practicality. Yeah, but but you're sitting. They're sitting saying that they can't afford to empty them every week. So this is how they were going to fix it. But you're going to have to go and buy new bins. You're going to have to go and buy bigger, new bigger bins to make that that actually happen. So the cost that you're going to put out there is. Um, is already you're sitting saying you can't afford something but you're going to go replace all these bins with bigger bins which is not cost effective at well, all sometimes you have to spend a bit especially if, you, if you're doing it as a phasing but sometimes you have to spend a bit to, to save a bit but i think there, there is and you know i think everyone listening will have had you know we've all got stories about dog bins um but i think the issue is that often it's not necessarily putting a bigger bin in because the weight of what's in there well, yeah. is such that it then makes it really difficult for people to lift and carry and there is actually like that there are actually problems with um people who are emptying the bins having to carry heavy bags for long like periods and actually if the bag breaks then obviously it's 10 times worse so, so it's often, not practical at all well they normally put two small bins in um at least you know the areas that i've been to you'll often find two dog bins together and the two smaller ones so that it it kind of has that greater capacity but it's actually two bins instead of one big one. So that means that there's less strain, but equal amounts of space. So that may be what But there's more time. No, that, that is not practical at all. Oh, okay. You could well, be spending, I mean, if you can only carry one bin bag at one time to, to the truck, then you have to go back and get the second bin bag. No, none of it is practical at all. You need to find another way. It is the, it's the council's responsibility to empty those bins. So... They well, need to keep doing that. That's what people are paying it, their I council mean, tax for. No, that I mean, they're not paying their council tax specifically, like for that. Listen Don't get me wrong. Dog fouling is important, but it's not a statutory. It's very, like, very you important. You don't have and next to, to planning them. is the most contentious thing. Yeah, that it is. But, get upset about. but if people just took the like, there's nothing wrong with people carrying a bag home with them and putting it in their own bin. Like you don't actually need to have dog bags. You know, people are capable. If you're capable, if people of aren't capable dog, of picking it up and taking it to a dog bin, they're not going to take it home with them. Well, no, but th that's the thing. Like if if they if they're capable of pick up, take it to a dog bin, they're capable of picking it up and just carrying it home with them. Like there's no reason why you actually need to have dog bins. It's yeah, just an it's a, just yeah, a nicety do. that you have dog bins. But otherwise, you own a dog. You take responsibility for it. You don't see dog bins sitting in the middle of you know. Just talked about country parks. You don't go to country parks and see dog bins in the middle of it, do you? No, because you expect people to pick up and take it home. And but you're not going to take it and put it in the car, are you? Why not? I have done that actually. Yeah. I have taken it, stick, and put it in the car, it in the footwell. And took it home. That's why you have the but... footwell of a car. <laughs> but then I've always, all the way home, I've been so scared that I'd get out of the car and forget that I'd left the food bin in bag in there. So um, no, no, I don't. I... Especially with your nails, I can imagine that you know every time you get a bag, it's really you know you're taking. I'm serious about this situation. <laughs> <laughs> no, if you pay your council tax, and what do you get for it really? If you cannot get your bins emptied and your street lights working. It's a really sad affair. Yeah, it, it so, is. But so I, mean, I don't think that to say, that, oh, we're going to make bigger bins, or we're going to put two bins in place is acceptable. You, if, you, if you've got issues then with your finances and it's, it's obviously not working, to the extreme that you want to do a £192 increase is just ridiculous. I mean, That's to be totally fair, unacceptable. I, I kind of see things a bit differently. I would so start in, a revolution. 
<laughs> well, it sounds like you're halfway there. Um, <laughs> but I mean, in, in terms of the types of things that are, are being passed across. So you're looking at some in some places it being grass cutting. In other places, they're looking at public toilets, visitor centres, allotments, but, youths. Just let me finish. Okay. No, I know. Um, and youth, I, I'm, youth I'm sorry. I don't mean to no, 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 it's, it's OK. You, just start, but... start blaming me like I'm the one doing it. Um, and like uh, some social care provision. But if you look at some of these, so public toilets, a lot of places already do public toilets. All, all public, like all the public parks around you have public toilets. We took on some from the district council with a commuted yeah. some anyway. Yeah. Visitor centre the same. We we kind of installed one actually at the conveniences. Allotments, you know, hundreds of, of allotments. We we have youth services and adult social provision, such as, you know, dementia cafes, etc. and and other kind of things. A lot of places are already doing and so taking it on isn't necessarily going to be the, the worst thing. The the it's in not the worst thing kind of financially but obviously for some councils it is going to be huge when you haven't been doing these things for a number of years and suddenly they're being passed across and, and you need to raise precept to to kind of manage them but what i would say is i think going hand in hand with this you have to think of the services in terms of there are some such as um large kind of capital kind of things such as buildings and and you know these visitor centers public toilets and things which are actually intrinsic to communities so you know they're public buildings they're public toilets you know they that they have to kind of stay in the public realm and so often towns are the best people to kind of take that on because they will focus their attention on them in a way that kind of the larger authorities yeah. just won't be able to and they will be far more versatile in the way that they can deliver services them. But the, yeah, and I, I I totally understand what you're saying in that case. But can I finish the my other thing that, No. Oh, okay. Go on. Yeah. Well, I was just going to say, and, and by comparison, like you know, grass cutting and things, I I don't think necessarily, unless you're already doing a cutting contract, I don't think from a county getting kind of probably a good deal in terms of here's a county set of of kind of grass verges, etc. We need to cut. Breaking that down into probably, you know, perhaps 500 different contracts is not going to give the public value for money. It's going to be more expensive for a single council to contract someone in to cut a verge than it is for a large authority to cut all the verges within the county, like per square foot, because you, you just get that kind of, you know, what what's it called? The... Um... Do we have a no, 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 no. It's the, what, what's it called? The economies of scale. There we go. So okay. you get the economies of scale when you're doing the large contracts that you won't otherwise get. And so I think of if course, this is yes. going to continue, um, I'm a big advocate but... for grouping la even large town and parish councils together to actually deliver services like this, to actually, you know, get those economies of scale, perhaps not on the same level, but on a level where you start delivering contracts across larger geographical areas rather than every town bordering each other, having its own contract, probably with the same contractor, but not getting the economy of scale. And so that's what I was just going to say whenever I tried to interrupt you, but it didn't work. Unsuccessfully. Um, this, this time. <laughs> <laughs> but, but this is the thing. Whenever it comes to grass cuttings and various things, it is, uh, that's, that's a totally different 
issue to things such as poo bins and toilets uh, because you can all group in together and you can you can then contract out so that and that is a more much more practical way of doing things than as a town council you're buying all the equipment and um but then i think what we did used to do that and then the contractors the the quotes just got absolutely ridiculous so it was cheaper for us to go out and buy the equipment and then do it in-house so but maybe you know things will, will change and and we we will have to go that way out again but talking going back to um providing the the public toilets we did that we we took over mm -hmm. from um the district and and said yes it was important we felt it was important because where the one of the public toilets was was um on the river green and it was important for people who brought the children down you know to feed the ducks and bits and pieces well it was also important because we got 25 grand to do it and we've managed <laughs> to turn a profit that. actually running but, them anyway so it's but but my issue was I was trying to I was going to point out that it's not practical for for some um towns or, or parishes to be taking over such a thing as this because okay they gave us money to and we revamped them and, and whatever but we were then in a situation where those toilets were being vandalized every few months so we had to cover the cost of repairing those and there will be some towns and parishes that will not have the you know the, the, the money to cover whenever things are vandalized like that. So whenever it was the district council and they had much more funding than the town council, they would have covered that cost. I think it's, um, so it's, it's again, is something that it shouldn't be that a district is going to say to every parish, you have to take over the responsibility of running. No, and, and I don't think that's the things. case. I, well, I think that they were saying that there, there is a few um, towns that are already and parishes yeah, they're, that are already they're doing it and that's that that's their choosing but again they're not getting any um any um well no if, if, if a district or county is is going bankrupt they'd have a lot of money to start handing down to to other authorities that have easier precept raising capabilities so because you're unlimited yeah. in terms of what you do I mean I I I think that makes if you like a complete nonsense of the limit of principal councils because you're basically asking another council who can raise the money to provide the services probably more expensive than they would have been had they just been with the the larger yeah. council who can get that kind of economy of scale it. through their contracts but what i would say is it i you see i'm a big believer in in kind of the town and parish councils taking on more responsibilities because i genuinely think that often they will do it better than, better, than principal yeah. councils because they they have that kind of that local eye on it and so they will be able to effect change a lot quicker you know make decisions a lot smarter you know they they will have that local knowledge to inform their decision making and actually i think that's a really good thing i just think you know i understand that i think the messaging is it's not a diktat which is absolutely how it should be and it should be a matter for empowering communities to see how this can be made to be a success for them and how they could be supported not necessarily financially but perhaps through other support like you 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 kind of get in terms of business support and things you know having that that kind of um how could I put it like a function of the council which basically helps to facilitate this and maybe setting up a kind of task and finish or committee to kind of facilitate communities doing that but I think the messaging when you're using terms such as 
to see if parishes want to step up a bit, I think is is actually really poor messaging because on the whole, you will find parish and town councils are going so far beyond what was envisaged for town and parish councils. And they have been picking up such as, you know, with, you know, what you personally did with dementia cafes and, you know, with youth provision, with, you know, tree planting, with, you know, business support, with community events, you know, all of these big things that that kind of councils do, not that they have to do, no, but they they kind of they take it on and they do it, and and councils getting you know the general power of competence, or in some instances taking leases on just to affect the change that the other councils aren't doing. You know, I think town and parish councils are hugely kind of hungry to to make improvements, and they have been so good in recent years at making really interesting kind of changes to communities naturally spearheading a lot of uh, programs that have been adopted by other councils and i think then to kind of say perhaps i'd like to step up is is actually if you like completely ignoring the huge amount of work that the sector has been doing and it makes it sound as if principal councils are the only ones who've been doing anything and mm-hmm. you know it's time yeah. now for, yeah, true. for the kind of the the first tier of local government the one nearest the people to actually perhaps take more of an active role whereas actually I think it's the opposite I think I have seen a decline more in some instances in larger councils yeah because that's so true mm-hmm. you know of, of not necessarily just funding cuts but I think generally even in amongst experienced district officers, people will say the sector at that level is not where it used to be. And the kind of expectation of service and public service is, is perhaps not as important as it used to be. Whereas I think at town and parish councils, you, you have never seen it so so kind of vibrant. You have never seen such a, a good sector, such a professional sector and such a well-qualified sector as you've got now. And, and to say it's time to take a step up I, to be honest, I'm all for taking on these services, but I would actually, if someone said, is it time that you stepped up, I would be ramming those services where, well, let, let's put it this way, it would have something in common with dog waste. <laughs> <laughs> but this, but the, that's the big, again, we've, we've discussed this on numerous occasions. Is That's where, on that first level of local government, Mostly it's people who actually care about the environment and the community that they're living in. So they are there and they are prepared to step up and actually do something. But to tell them that that's what they're expected to do is you're, you're totally right. It's totally unacceptable. But um, no, I, I, I just think that um, somebody should ask the question about how they got themselves into that situation. And before they start saying, oh, to cut our costs, we're going to put the costs onto the, the parish or the, the principal, the, the town councils, that uh, they should, um, parish or town councils, they should be um, going out there and saying, okay, what are you actually doing about getting yourself out of this situation? Got yourself into it. You need to get yourself out of it before <laughs> you start pushing the pushing the no I, I feel I, really, really strongly I, 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 I know you do and and to be fair if, if not the answer it tells me what massive shame it is that you step down as a district council <laughs> yeah i know thank you for listening to the standing orders podcast by polite
Please like and subscribe to get your weekly edition. You can suggest topics by emailing podcast at polytisconsulting.co.uk. See you next week.